This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Desert Financial. More than ever, it's important to stay local, shop local, and eat local. You also help your community by choosing to bank local with Desert Financial Credit Union. Desert Financial offers personal and small business products and services in your neighborhood and gives back to the community by performing random acts of kindness. Partner with a credit union that believes in sharing success with you. Visit DesertFinancial.com to open an account today. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Jessica Haber of Sensible Suds. Hey. How's it going, Jessica? How are you? We're Happy good. To be here. We're good. No, we're excited to have you. Um, Jessica, before we, we get into the business, Sensible Suds, how about you take a couple minutes, um, give us a, a background on your life? Oh, my life, the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> uh, well, I was born and raised in New York. I've been in Arizona for five and a half years. Uh, my husband and I moved here. We have two kids and just kind of started over. Um, in New York, we owned a restaurant for seven years. We owned a deli and gourmet catering company for another six years. Wow. And then now we're here. So much different. Much different life. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Tell us a bit about New York. Did you love it when you were there? Oh, yeah. It's the best place. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a great place um, to be. It's a great place to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just needed a change. For sure. Were you in the city? No, we were outside the city. Okay. Long okay. Island. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so you guys owned a business out there, a restaurant while you were out there? Yeah. Cool. Did you guys have previous experience with, uh, with the food industry or with business ownership? Uh, yes and no. My husband, uh, was a chef. Mm -hmm. He worked in a bunch of different restaurants throughout his life. And, um, I had kind of a background in business and I had worked in a couple of delis and stuff and we just kind of took a chance and it worked out really well for a while. And then kids happen and things change and we closed down. But then we opened a deli and we were there for a long time too. Okay. So you opened the deli after yeah. and ran that for a bit. Yes. Cool. Um, and then what was the reason for, for wanting to move out here? Just change in lifestyle, yeah. simpler life, slower pace and a lot of sunshine. Hotter weather. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy shoveling the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what did you do with the deli when you guys moved? Um, we sold it. Okay. So it's actually now still operating, but it's a taco shop. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the same same owners that you sold it to? Uh, I believe it's different owners now. Okay. But yeah. I'm curious. We talked to a lot of people that, that have bought a business, but, but not a lot about selling a business. Could you tell us a bit about what that experience was like selling a business? Um, you know, uh, just as nerve wracking, I guess, as buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... Uh, some people do their due diligence and some people don't. Yeah. And um, when you put your heart and soul into a business and it's yours, you really want someone to take it and mm-hmm. love it right. like you do. And that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. it's a little hard to separate the business side from the personal side when someone else is buying it. Yeah. So yeah. that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to kind of just let go. Did you involve a third party broker to help uh, with that sale? 
to um, make the separation between the business and the personal? Uh, we did have a broker, but it was a, a lot of personal interaction. Um, a lot of times, as I'm sure you know, with a small business, you really need to see with your own eyes what's going on. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't always tell the right story. So uh, just like when we purchased the business initially, they came in, they watched the daily operations. They watched how we run it. Um, they came to see what kind of traffic we had. So we did interact with them a lot. So it was still kind of personal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And how long was that process of from you guys putting out the business for sale to, to it actually selling? Um, I don't remember. I don't think it was that long. Um, maybe like four or five months mm-hmm. from start to finish, mm-hmm. someone picking it up and closing it down. Yeah. Um, from us closing it down and handing over the keys. Cool. Was there like a transition period of like training or were they able to be in in touch with you for questions or anything like that? We did have a short training period where Uh they came in and learned kind of what we were doing, but they, once they took over, they kind of started doing a lot of their own stuff and then eventually didn't work out. So. Gotcha. Switch to talking. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any tips you have for someone that's possibly wanting to sell a business? Anything that you're glad you did or you wish you would have done differently during the the whole process? Um, Not so much differently, but I think, again, it's just the separation of business and your personal involvement. Um, I think a lot of a small business, being a small business owner and having a small business is that your face is really associated with whatever it is you're doing or selling. Right. So sometimes um, people are receptive to new owners and sometimes they're not. Yeah. So I think you really have to kind of get an idea of your clientele and what they're expecting before you were to take something over from someone else, which is ironically what I did with the soap business. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in a little bit. One more question, though, for the the deli business. So New York's famous for delis, right? Mm -hmm. Get to... Your good pastrami from New York, pastrami <laughs> sandwiches. What did you do to distinguish yourself uh, in a sea of other delis that, uh, that are all over there to really kind of stand out and, and have success there? That's a good question. Um, well, when in the deli business, because my husband has an extensive background in food, um, you know, we did have like Boar's Head and name brand products, but we also roasted our own meats. We had a small... Uh, bread company who made all our breads and kind of did like a gourmet style deli instead Uh of traditional sandwiches Uh we always like to put a fun twist into like the names the vibe the ambiance because that has a lot to do with it too. get people to come back was there was there a lot of passion involved in that business was it sad to leave it or were you guys kind of happy to move on both (laughs) uh a lot of passion a lot of labor love um the food business especially is just 24-7 work all the time. Yeah. You're working when everybody else is off. Uh, you're working all the time. Um, so miss like the interaction with everybody, but I don't miss working 24-7. <laughs> Was it just your family or did you have employees as well? We had employees as well. Uh-huh. So you know, we were busy, which is great, you know, great for business, but it's a little hard on the personal life, especially with kids. Yeah. So you sell that, you move. What was the plan? Because you didn't, you didn't get into the soap business right away after you moved out here, right? So what did you guys do when you get out here? What was the plan? Um, kind of winging it. Uh, (laughs) I had a job. I worked in catering when I moved here. 
Uh, my husband worked in the food business. Um, a couple other things happened in between and uh, I was looking for something different. Um, I wasn't happy where I was, yeah. so kind of opportunity knocked and that's how it all started. Cool. Well, why don't you uh, you kind of dive into that story of, of the soap business, how you got to know the owner and, um, and how you eventually took over the business. Um, well, we moved to Gilbert and uh, Gilbert has an amazing farmer's market. Oh, yeah. So that was like my Saturday morning happy place. So mm-hmm. I go there every Saturday morning or a few Saturday mornings um, a month, get my coffee, get my soap. I've always used natural soap for a long time. So uh, I had specific products that um, I would get every Saturday, soap being one of them. And I have a big mouth, so I talk to people because I'm from New York. <laughs> New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I talk to everybody. And a super nice guy. He started the soap business um, at the Gilbert Market when the Gilbert Market started. So the soap business has been there as long as the market. A couple years later, he decided to move out of the country. He fell in love and he was talking about selling it. And I was like, I'm looking for a job and uh, never made soap in my life. But (laughs) it kind of was an easy transition because I was always in the food business and um, in between the deli and soap, I also went to school for nutrition. So uh, I had a background in like clean eating, clean living, yeah, and it kind of yeah. just went hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So did he come to you directly at saying he was selling or was he just kind of talking and then you kind of told him that you were interested? Kind of both. It all happened in one conversation yeah. and then... um. He actually, uh, once we agreed on what we were going to do, he stayed with me for a couple of months, mentored me, showed me everything, how he did everything, the whole process. Um, And I set up a shop. We built it into my house. We turned half the garage into a soap shop, and Mm -hmm. then we grew it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Were you hesitant or nervous at all taking over a business that you didn't know anything about or really have any experience in? Oh, yeah, 100%. In? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. But in hindsight, uh, how much has translated, though, from the, the restaurant and the deli business to the soap? Like, is there a, a, quite a bit of transfer of experience that's been beneficial? Or has it been, you know, you've had to pretty much learn a whole new way of uh, operating? Um, I think a lot of it is very similar. Um especially being at the farmer's market because you're dealing with people. It's a lot of customer service. It's a lot of um, getting to know your customers, letting them get to know you. Uh, And as far as the product itself, what I personally make, I use the same stuff mostly from my kitchen that I do in the soap. And being a customer before the owner, like I believe in the product. I always liked it. I use it all the time. So it's really easy to sell something that you actually love, mm-hmm. which makes a huge difference in what yeah. you do, always. Having the experience of, of selling a, a company, did that help uh, being on the, the opposite side now as a buyer? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, could you talk to us a bit about that process now? Was there a lot of due diligence that went into that, like kind of debating over you know a, a price point? or what, what was that like? Absolutely. I think... Um, Everyone should do their due diligence as a seller and a buyer. Mm -hmm. You really need to know what you're getting involved in, what you want to put into it, what you want to get out of it, what you're comfortable doing. Um, 
I, I mean, you have to be willing to take a chance, yeah. but you don't want to get in way over your head. Mm-hmm. So you really have to look into it, look into the financial end, look into how much time is going to be involved, how much you want to give it, and just be realistic yeah. what you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. You obviously liked the business before. Were you open-minded enough to, to do your due diligence? And if it didn't look good, that you wouldn't do it? Or were you like set on, on buying it no matter what? Um, hmm. I was set on buying it, but kind of on my terms. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hoped it would work out the way I wanted it to, which it did for mm-hmm. both of us. Um, it worked out for the seller and myself. But uh, I wouldn't, I have enough experience and I've experienced failure as well. So I know my limits and yeah. I knew where my, you know, my hard pass was going to be. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with failure? Is it something that you fear? Is it something that you, uh, you're going to do, like, take the risk no matter what? Or, you know, what, how do you kind of deal with that? Um, definitely more of a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, nobody likes to fail. I don't want to fail. <laughs> But it's part of life. And I feel like if you take it as a lesson, I mean, we had the deli, we had the restaurant, we definitely made some really bad decisions, (laughs) you know, at one point or another, but you learn from them and it only helps you grow in the future. For sure. Is that something that you were just born with or did you kind of, were you taught that growing up or, because it seems like throughout your whole life you've you've taken (laughs) risks, right? So what, what helps you to take those risks in life? Um, I feel like I learned early on that life is short, you know, and, um, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. My, my family is very conservative, so they're not big risk takers, but I guess they are Uh because they started their own business. (laughs) Um, but they're, they err more on the side of caution where I feel like, I don't know, you know, like if you don't take a chance, you don't know. I'd rather try and fail than not try. For sure. So growing up, your parents had their own their own business. They did. So that's kind of what the world that you grew up in. What did they yeah. do? Uh, hard to explain, but my dad started when I was very little a import export company for plastics and acrylics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of old, so that was when plastics were just coming about, mm-hmm. and it took off. And he's still doing it forty something years later, and mm-hmm. he does really well. So my Mom always worked with him, and my brother now has taken over the company. So cool, yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. Have they been role models for you and been there to, to help you with advice when you've been starting and, and growing your businesses as well? Absolutely, yeah. My dad has always been um, really good with advising us what to do, what not yeah. to do. Uh, definitely doesn't pull any punches, not sweet talking anything, <laughs> which is very helpful I yeah. don't, you know i'm not into sugarcoating or for sure you know yeah. you don't need that you need real advice <laughs> yeah yeah especially in the business world yes is there any particular piece of advice that sticks out to you that he shared with you over the years that's really helped you oh a lot um i would say the best thing he's taught me that i could think of on the fly as an adult is budgeting um, learn how to budget. It's more about what you're spending than what you're bringing in. You have to really know where your money is going. And that was for us personally in our first business, that was a big issue. We yeah. didn't really, we had the food end and the customer service end really tight, but we didn't really understand how to budget what we were doing. And that was 
an issue with us, but we learned as we went, you know. Cool. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a bit about soap. The kind of the reason we're here is uh, there was a, a training period you mentioned. So is that a hard process to learn how to make soap? Is it pretty straightforward, just following a recipe? It's tedious. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like cooking. It's all timing and temperature. Um, I personally you know, do exactly how he taught me, which is hot process soap, which is not what most people do. Most okay. people do what's called cold process. Uh, so I actually cook the soap. It gives it a different texture and a different look. It looks to me more natural. It doesn't have fun, swirly, bright colors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I try to live on the cleaner side and, you know, with what I put into and onto my body and with my family and my kids. So everything I use in there is natural, which is why I love it. There's no chemicals, no fragrance. It's essential oils, herbs, botanicals. So um, it's really just a matter of taking the base recipe and then just tweaking it a little bit for Mm -hmm. each different, each different thing. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, like uh, kind of a big thing right now, I'm trying to think is like these bright, colorful, swirly soaps. And then yours, on the other hand, is super raw, like really natural looking, like you said. Is Was that like risky at all for you knowing like that you're kind of kind of going against the grain in terms of like what's popular with soap right now? And have you seen um, people gravitate towards it because it's different or what, what's been the experience there? I think um, a lot of people gravitate towards it um, since I've taken it over. I've kind of built it and done a lot with the look and the packaging mm-hmm. of the business itself. So we try to be eco-friendly and um, kind of a little more modern, I guess. But uh, some people want things that I don't do and that's life. But yeah. uh, the business came with a clientele, luckily, mm-hmm. and we've just built on it. So people do enjoy it. They do like it. And especially uh, the majority of our business is at the Gilbert Farmer's Market and people are there for something local, something fresh, something unique, something natural. So yeah, yeah. it fits right in there. Yeah. So you mentioned it came with a clientele. When you took over, were you more, more focused on keeping that clientele and keeping them happy or trying to grow the business and, and reach new customers? Both. Uh, I think I said before, um, as a small business, the face behind it is a huge part yeah. of... The business itself so mm-hmm. when people come and they see the owner and they're used to the person that's there and then someone new is there not everybody's happy about that mm-hmm. so it's uh, a little intimidating yeah. but um i've managed to keep i you know the clientele and then build on it as mm-hmm. well what have you done to connect with this clientele that a lot of the reason they were there was because of that previous owner and the face that was associated with the business? Uh, I kept I kept it the same. I changed the look, mm-hmm. you know, of the booth itself, yeah. of the packaging, like I said, but we kept the product the same and we've added a lot of products on, but we've kept everything that was there before. So I think that keeps the original clientele happy uh-huh. and... They're even happy to see new things. So it worked out for everybody. That's cool. Um, what are some of the new things that you have brought on in the business? Uh, we brought on a men's line. So we have, um, which my husband makes, uh, beard oil, beard butter, shaving um, supplies, stuff like that. Um, 
hair oils. Uh, we've exper uh, experimented with a couple of different things that didn't work out uh -huh. or some people love, but it didn't really sell that much. Um, so we didn't really keep that around. Scrubs, sugar scrubs, lip scrubs. I have in the new year some new products coming out. Nice, so nice. yeah, it's the, like the possibilities are endless. Cool. <laughs> And then you mentioned um, how, how important budgeting is and finances. I'm curious, was there anything in the business that you saw financially that you, you adjusted or changed to help help your margins there? Uh, yeah, definitely a couple of changes um, as far as what we're offering, the price it's offered at. I didn't raise it for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, the owner... The original owner did a really good job at his purchasing and finding the best prices. So we didn't have to change too much really on that end. Cool. Um, why don't you talk to us about a couple of the soaps that you sell, some of your best sellers, some of your favorite soaps? Oh, it's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as a customer, when I used to shop there, I would go and smell everything on the table, which customers do all the time. They come and smell everything. Um, but I always bought the same soap every week, which was lavender lemongrass, which is still a huge seller. Hmm. Um, we do seasonal stuff. Like I just had a pumpkin, which yeah. smells like pumpkin pie. Uh, eucalyptus spearmint is a huge seller. Um, we make a couple with like fun names and those always sell and make great gifts. I make a soap that was probably the hardest one I ever tried to make because it was different than the original recipe. Um, and it's called Desert Rain, and I make it out of creosote leaf and creosote mm -hmm. powder. So mm. it literally, like, smells just like the rain. Really? Yeah. Which people in Arizona love, yeah. and people outside of the state sometimes don't. Like, I sent it to New York, and they're like, ugh, What's what that? is this? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like dirt. Uh, but, yeah, it's like... I don't think anyone else does that, so it's cool, huh, you know? That's super interesting. And you said that one's pretty hard to make? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, hard to, to nail down that scent, you right, know? Right, right. Is, is that a fun process for you to try to nail these scents or, or test and experiment with different... That's my favorite part. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love being creative. I love thinking of new things. I love experimenting. So um, not that I don't enjoy making soap, but it's very, like repetitive yeah. uh so doing new things is always fun yeah that's it doesn't cool. always work out but mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. fun to try for sure <laughs> how often are you like testing out new new flavors um i try to do a couple every season uh i don't always have a lot of time to experiment um i just tried one actually this week one of my customers suggested so i did one i made with like a bourbon base and vanilla and it's mm probably gonna come out soon it's pretty good nice uh yeah it's always fun to try new things yeah that's cool yeah do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it then call flamingo pools today flamingo pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the east valley whether it's weekly maintenance repairs green to cleans or one-time cleanings flamingo pools will take care of you honest reliable and innovative just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-5500.
6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. You mentioned a couple times uh, your passion for cooking. You said you went to college uh, in the interim to, to get a nutrition degree. Did you end yeah. up getting that degree or did you? I did. Um, uh-huh. I am technically a certified health coach, although I don't use my degree for uh-huh. anything. I don't actually enjoy cooking. I love um, that my husband cooks. Uh-huh. Uh, I love tasting new things. Um, not always the best at with cooking. It's mm-hmm. not my thing. But is that background uh, in the food science, the chemistry, helped you better understand the soap making industry and absolutely. what works and what doesn't? You mentioned temperatures as a, as a critical element. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh patience isn't always a strong point of mine so it helps that my husband um has more of a background with with the food industry and cooking and he really has just a natural flair for like mixing flavors and scents so it's really good to have him with me and on my side because he does a much better job at it than i do i have good ideas but he really can bring them to fruition Uh uh-huh you mentioned that he is involved with the men's line. So is he part of the business as well? Or is he kind of just there to help out? Kind of both. <laughs> he has a full-time job. Okay. Um, but he always helps me when I need it. He has plenty of ideas that um, he likes to try out as well. Because it's fun, you know. Uh, so he definitely is there to help me whenever my whole family supports me. I have... Um, a 16-year-old who worked with me for a couple of years every oh, Saturday. Cool. Now he has like a real job. <laughs> and uh, now my younger son works there. So I think it's great for them too. They love to be involved and yeah, it teaches them a good work ethic, which Absolutely. is important to me. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about the farmer's market because it seems like every guest that we have on the show that, that <laughs> works at the farmer's market has such like a loyal customer base. So mm-hmm. what is it about the farmer's market that, that brings so much success to, to businesses that are there? Um, I just think it has a great vibe. Like Mm -hmm. people aren't there because they need to go food shopping or they have to get something. They're there because they want to be there. They're there because they want to support local businesses. Um, they love certain products. They're there because they want to be there. So it just has a really cool vibe and there's, you don't really deal with a lot of angry customers Mm -hmm. or, you know, disgruntled people. So it's nice. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've been going ever since you you moved to Arizona, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you have some other businesses or, or business owners that you've been able to network with and, and get to know during your time going and now being there as, as a vendor as well? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, there are a few businesses that I frequented as a customer. Um, we do a lot of bartering and trading and uh, a lot of times like at the holidays or something, we'll do giveaways together. Oh, or, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a really great community to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. So just comparing, you know, the, the farmer's market to, to online, because you have a website too, right? Yes. Do you have a lot of sales that come through there? Um, yes and no. This time of year, we're ridiculously busy, mm-hmm. uh, both at the market and online. But definitely the farmer's market is a huge part of it. Yeah. We've tried a couple of other local markets as well. Um, I do the Tempe Art Festival when it's around mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times a year and I currently do another market every other Wednesday, but 
Gilbert is really that's the main the bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was was the online uh, portion of of the business there before you purchased it, or did you bring that on? Um, it was, but I totally revamped it. Yeah, it definitely wasn't anything that um, significant. Um, I feel like maybe if I was a little better at marketing or had time to put more into it, it would be much more successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that something that you, you're interested in doing and, and pushing or are you kind of happy with where it's at with just mostly getting your business from the markets? I would really like to push some of the online stuff. I mean, people always suggest you should do this, you should do that, you should sell on Amazon, you should sell on Etsy, but it's yeah. like... It can only do so much, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get in over my head. So I either have to kind of get more space and get some more help, or I have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to take on more than I can handle or be comfortable with. Yeah, for sure. And, and so right now, is it just you? No employees at the moment? Just me. Yeah. Is that something that you want? Would you like to have employees have extra help to do things, or do you kind of like to, to be in control over everything? <laughs> Uh, well, my family helps me out when I need help. Right, right. Um, being a business owner in the past and dealing with employees, I am happy to not have any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always great to have the help and there yeah. are people that put in a hundred percent, but if you're relying on other employees to do a job and they can't be there, it's all on your shoulders and I have a lot more work. So it's nice to know I'm only taking up what I can personally handle and not having to rely on other people. For sure. What, I guess going back to, to your time with employees, what are some things that you did to, to manage employees? Because like you said, you can't always rely on them. You can't always trust employees, unfortunately. But what are some things that you did to try to you know gain their trust and respect and, and have the best relationship with them possible? Um, I mean, you just have to treat people right. You, I, I don't even know how to... Uh, I mean, I'd love to give everyone a million dollars. You can't do that. So you just have to be respectful of them. Um, Do your best to make them happy because if they're happy, they treat your business to their best ability, which in turn, you know, turns over to the customer. Yeah. So that reflects on everything. So you do have to treat your employees right and respect them and make sure they're happy with what they're doing because they'll stick around and really put their heart into it, which is what you want. For sure, for sure. Um, so, so you sell at the market all the time. Obviously, earlier this year we had COVID, and so did that have any effect on your business then, or did things kind of continue as normal? Um, in the initial, the beginning of the shutdown, it definitely took a turn down. Uh, on the bright side, I sell soap, and you couldn't really get it anywhere, so I did okay. I kind of stayed on par with where I usually was. I mean, it took a dip, but it went back up. Uh, Right now, the holiday season, like I can't even tell you how many people come every week and they're like, I want to support local. I'm buying my gifts here. I'm shopping in Gilbert. Mm -hmm. I'm filling my stocking with local products. And it's really cool. Like people are trying to support local and keep the economy going. And yeah. I think that's pretty awesome. That's Definitely cool. heard it a lot more this year than ever before. For sure. Yeah, no, I think obviously so many businesses have struggled with COVID, but we've also been able to see 
um, how businesses have been able to pivot and how the locals have kind of come together and support support businesses. Um, and like you said, with the soap too, like obviously with COVID, you're going to have less people, less less buyers, less money, but soap is something that people are kind of yeah. <laughs> wanting on hand right now. So I'm sure that although you had some negative effects of it, that it helped the business as well there. Yeah, absolutely. And we did a lot of deliveries and local pickups and stuff like that. Okay. So we did whatever whatever we could to help people and keep ourselves going. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, um, why don't you tell us a bit about, you know, just life as a business owner, other than, than making the soap, what are some other tasks that you have to, to do <laughs> in the day-to-day life of, of running a business? Um, everything. I mean, as a small business owner, you're like the CEO, the CFO, right. production, mm-hmm. shipping, receiving, like you do everything. Marketing. So, uh, you have to really be able to balance all your responsibilities. Yeah. Um, again, I think it comes down to just being comfortable with what you're doing and not trying to do everything all the time and budgeting your time as well as your money. So, Mm -hmm. um, you can complete everything you need to do without being overwhelmed. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Is it hard to balance all of that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it can be hard. I think at this point I have a pretty good handle on it. Um, Again, it's, uh, if I need help, I have it, but I kind of have learned to manage my time a lot better than I used to. Yeah. What are some of your tips for managing time? Uh, plan ahead. Always schedule your time. Um, like I said, my shop is in my house, so I don't have to like go to the office every day and Mm -hmm. do a job, but I have to schedule my day. Right. Like I have yeah. an office job, which can be hard if you're not actually going to an office oh, to, yeah. to stay focused <laughs> on stuff. Because, like you mentioned, your your CEO, your CFO, production, marketing, you have all these different hats you're wearing, and if you're not scheduling out your time and, and your your tasks, you have to do everything kind of just meshes together, and you kind of probably lose track sometimes of what you're doing if you're not super on top of that. Absolutely, and I'm a huge procrastinator, so <laughs> <laughs> I have to be really on top of my time management. Yeah. Uh, with all those different aspects of the business that you're running, what would you say is is your favorite part and what would you say is your least favorite part? My favorite part is working at the market. I love interacting with people. Mm-hmm. I love talking to everybody. Um, I love hearing, even though I know what the soap is supposed to do and what the ingredients are supposed to do, getting positive feedback and someone saying, oh, this helped me with this or this helped me with that. And I'm yeah. like, really? Like, that's great. Uh, my least favorite is, um, the finance, like bookkeeping and filing and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff is not my favorite, but it gets done. (laughs) Save it for last, but it gets done. Yeah. I think my my, most business owners don't go into business because they love to do finance, but it's something that we all have to deal with. Right. (laughs) And as a procrastinator, is it hard to, to stay on top of that as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. I do it though. I, I got it now. I'm all right. Cool. <laughs> I get it done. We talked a bit about COVID. Um, have there been any, other, been any other highs and lows, any speed bumps along the way of running this business so far? During COVID? Or anytime. Yeah, any, outside of COVID, just other, other trials that, that the business has gone through so far? Um, I am very lucky. I've had a pretty steady um, go of it. I mean, like I said, I took over a fully functional operational business, which made a huge difference in um, not having to start from scratch and figure out what to do and figure out how to get a clientele. It was more taking what 
I had and just building on it. So I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had too many hiccups yet. Awesome. <laughs> um, what's what's kind of been your key to to connecting with customers and getting to know them, you know, more on a, a personal level is what it sounds like. Um, I think just being the face at the market makes a huge difference. Um, when we were doing more than one market at the same time, like my husband was there, so it's still, he knows the product, he loves the product and he is also a face of the business. So, um, I think just interacting with people and them knowing that the same hands that are, making the product or connected to the person they're talking to makes a huge difference. Cool. Your, your shirt reminded me, I wanted to say it when we <laughs> talked about the website, but you got the, um, the URL or the, the handle soap is dope, which is yeah. pretty cool. I think <laughs> was that hard to get or did that come with the business or no, the business name is actually sensible. So right, right. I always feel like it's really hard to say and the original website was Sensible Suds and I was always spelling it out. Uh-huh. It's not Sentable where there's an S in there, right? Sensible. Yeah, it's Sensible. It's, it's a beautiful name and yeah. it goes with the business. Yeah. It's just for on the fly, like go to my website. It's not convenient. <laughs> and I always make, you know, punny jokes and stuff uh-huh. like that. So soap is dope is like super easy. I love it. Yeah. Like, you know. So it's AZ Dope Soap, which to me is much easier to throw out there. <laughs> I love it. And I'm sure, I don't know who people just look up whatever on the internet, but I'm sure it's it's it pops up higher from Dope Soap rather than Sensible Subs. I don't think people are just casually looking that up. <laughs> no, I think it, it did well for the company. Uh-huh. I think it adds, because even on your social media, it adds kind of like a fun, lighthearted aspect to, to the company and probably to you as well. Yes, it does. Thank you for noticing. That was part of taking um, someone else's business yeah. and making it my own. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I kind of had to work in slowly. So that's what we've been doing and just kind of putting my own spin on it, which makes me happier. And the customer hasn't really felt right. it that much. So I think they appreciate that. Cool. Any other key personalizations you've made <laughs> to not alienate the original clientele, but continue to put your stamp on the business? Um, I can't say anything too significant. We remade the logo, so it's more like, you know, my style, um, more original and just, you know, little, little, little things in the display and the look and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's super important to, to let a part of you go into the business because there's a ton of soap businesses, but there's only one you. And so to let your personality really kind of shine through through the business to the soap i think is important and it helps you find you know the customers that that you're going to click best with and that you're going to have a personal relationship i think it's easy you know when you're starting a business to try to to reach everyone and just be the super like professional or, or whatever you have in mind of what a good business owner would be but i think it's super important to be able to be yourself and let yourself shine through and that i think that'll bring more success in the end and finding the customer that's right for you yeah absolutely it makes a huge difference yeah. for sure is that something that you you were able to incorporate into your previous businesses as well i'm just wondering like did you were you able to provide that aspect with the deli and the restaurant too yeah yeah, for sure. And that's a big part of a small business, yeah, again, is yeah. you're attached to it. Mm-hmm. So if you try and fake it or be something that you're not, yeah. it's totally just transparent to everybody. You know, it's just not, it doesn't blend with who you are. You're not going to be, have that same success. Mm-hmm. It just has to be a part of you. Yeah. 
No, authenticity is is huge. Any other uh, leadership principles besides authenticity that have made a big impact on your success <laughs> over the years? Uh, I think just being authentic and being honest and um, knowing you're going to make mistakes and taking ownership of that just as much as you do your successes. You have to be able to just accept that as much as you do anything amazing you do and people appreciate that because that's just human nature gonna make mistakes cool what about just business advice in general what else do you have for our audience of you know someone that's maybe getting ready to start a business or even someone that's you know had a, had a lot of experience from everything that you've done from owning multiple businesses buying and selling what's some advice that you would would like to share with people i think um you just have to do your due diligence um look into every aspect of um what you're looking to do from the all around the top to the bottom you need to know um financially realistically what it's going to cost you you need to be realistic about your expectations and need to be realistic with yourself as far as what you are comfortable doing what you want to do and what you'll be able to do you just really need to be honest with yourself cool since you have experience with starting a business from scratch and purchasing a business, I'm curious, do you have a preference? Do you have a recommendation on one versus the other? Or what are some of the pros and cons? Um, I think it was, it wasn't easy to take over someone else's business, Mm -hmm. but it was easier to already have a clientele to deal with, to already have a solid product that people like and to not have to come in and start from scratch. Yeah. Um, so definitely taking over this business, I would say overall was easier than starting from scratch, Mm -hmm. but starting from scratch, you get to start from scratch and, (laughs) you know, design everything from the ground up and put everything you want and all your personal touches into it. So there's kind of a balance there, I guess. If you had to pick, if you had to start over right now, would you seek out a business to buy or would you start something from scratch? I would seek out a business to buy. Um, I think I really got lucky with what I did um, because I got to purchase a business and then I got to slowly change it into something that I really wanted it to be. Uh So for me, that that worked out best. Got the best of both worlds. Yeah. Are, are there any other business ventures? Because in the past, you've you've gone through a couple of things so far. Do you see yourself you know, staying with this and only this? Or do you have other things that you, you'd like to do in the future? Um, I don't have anything in particular. But I feel like uh, you never know. You know, I'm, my mind just works that way. I'm always yeah. looking for new opportunities. I always see things that can be from something else. So, uh you know, never say never. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I love what I do, but never know. That's the key. <laughs> w- what is it that you love? Do you love the soap? Do you love just running a business because you've done that? Is it just like a combination of, of everything that you're doing? It's a combination. I love having the freedom to run my business. And because I think a big part of it is not having an actual storefront. Yeah. Um, I have a lot more freedom if I need to be there for my kids or I need to change my schedule around I can do whatever I want you mm-hmm. know <laughs> which is great within within reason yeah but it it's um there's a lot of freedom involved mm-hmm. there's a lot of work but there's a lot of freedom yeah and that's great yeah 
And so what does the future look like for sensible subs? Is this something that you want to, you know, keep growing, keep scaling? You mentioned you didn't know if you want to hire employees or not. So like, <laughs> what, what are you wanting to get out of this eventually? Um, I would love to grow it a bit. Uh, I just personally have to figure out how to do it without, with, with the space I actually have, the physical space I have right now. Um, and with the time I have, I would love to make it bigger but not too big for me to still have control of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I have some ideas, but nothing in, in writing yet. Nice. <laughs> and, and so what are what are some of the, I guess, the action points that you're going to take to continue to grow it? How, how do you grow your, your customer base? Is it all just, you know, referrals, customers talking to each other, or do you do any other sort of marketing to try to reach new audiences? Marketing is not my biggest strong point for sure um especially again as an older generation yeah uh social media is a little hard to navigate for me or by the time i learn something there's something new that i should be doing (laughs) so i try really hard to stay on top of it but it's definitely not um my best feature uh i have customers that sell my soap for me like people come up to the booth and someone else is telling them I use this, I love that, try this, try that. So I have customers that sell for me all the time, which is great. And they give it as gifts and share it with family and yeah. that word of mouth is everything. Mm-hmm. So that's really been the key to, to your success and, and your continued growth is just the, the loyal customers um, sharing it with, with family and friends. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they talk about, I mean, so many people say that, that, you know, digital marketing is, is really the only way to grow a business now and it, it definitely can help and it's huge, but I think people forget how important that customer referral can be is you don't trust anyone more than you trust, you know, your family and friends. So if they're going to recommend something to you, that's, I think that's 10 times more powerful than an ad popping up on Facebook or something. So yeah. even though that stuff can be important and if it's a strength of yours, you should definitely go for it. Um, but definitely focus on, on keeping your customers happy and provide a service or a product that they're going to want to share with people as well. And that's probably the biggest, biggest key to, to growth and success for a business. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Okay. Well, um, Jessica, we've really enjoyed having you on today. Um, learning, learning all about you and, and your soap. Yeah, Um, what a great story. We've got, got a couple of it behind us and I, I just smell the aromas coming up right now. (laughs) So we can't wait to, uh, to use those and test some of them out. Um, before we let you go, though, we have a fun, quick game we're going to play with you. Sure. Um, so how it's going to work is we've got a list of 20 questions we're going to ask you, and you have 60 seconds to answer as many as you can. So, All right. So we'll see how you do. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, do you want to start us off in three, two, one? Your dream vacation. Hawaii. First thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. New house. Your favorite hobby. Uh, writing. If there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Procrastinating. A song you've been jamming to lately. Oh, uh, Lizzo. <laughs> I like Lizzo right now. If you lived to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? Uh, the mind. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, uh, vanilla. Favorite fictional character? Right now, the Griswolds. Um, favorite smell? <laughs> uh, lavender. <laughs> What's uh, your nickname? Jess. Uh, pet peeve. Laziness. Your favorite restaurant? Uh, culinary dropout. Uh, if you could switch places <laughs> with someone for a day, who would it be? 
Uh, one of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's our time. Just went up. One of your kids. Why is that? Just the just get to to chill and yeah, man. They have they they have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, Jessica, is there anything that we miss? Anything that um that you'd like to share before we close up? Um, I think we covered it all. I mean, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts, and I think um a lot of the small business owners have the same feeling and I just uh if anyone's thinking about it I think just taking a chance always take a chance you never know what's gonna happen for sure so yeah that's that's my final words I guess okay love it well why don't you um tell our audience where they can find you um either online or or at the farmer's market if they want to come by and, and pick up some soap sure um our website is az dope soap so you can find us online there. And we're at the Gilbert Farmer's Market in downtown Gilbert every Saturday all year long. And you can always look on our website for where else we'll be at any other random time. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much. We hope that we can uh, try out these soaps and, and maybe <laughs> yeah, see at the market in the future. <laughs> Smelling good. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. Okay. Cool. No, thank you for coming. We'll uh, catch you all next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, just want to say a big thanks to our sponsor over at Shine Mobile Details. They're a locally owned auto detailing company that offers everything from interior details to ceramic coatings. Their mobile unit can come right to you or you can go to their shop. Check them out on Yelp, Facebook, and Instagram at Shine Mobile Details or call or text them at 480-529-3843 for a consultation or to book. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.